0: Welcome to the ARRIVE Podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians. I'm your host, Jeremy Richards, along with fellow U.S. immigration lawyer, Christine Jerusik. In today's discussion, we will be talking about the TN visa. What is a TN visa? How do you apply in general? Who qualifies for a TN visa? The TN visa is a visa classification that falls under the USMCA, in other words, the U.S.-Mexico-Canadian agreement. And under the USMCA, they have identified 63 professions through which Canadian and Mexican citizens are able to apply to work in the United States on these professions for a U.S. employer.
1: It works the other way, too. So if you're American and you want to work in Mexico or Canada, you can apply under these professions as well to work in those countries.
0: Yes, and we specifically deal with Canadians and Mexicans coming into the United States and helping them work and live in the United States. And in order to do that, you need to be able to look at that professions list and be able to determine whether or not the profession that you are in is a profession that qualifies for a TN visa, whether or not you have the proper qualifications for that visa, and that you meet the requirements in general in order to obtain a TN visa to work in the United States. And on its face, it looks really simple. If you go to CBP website, for example, it says, if you want to apply for a TN visa, show up at the border, show you're a Canadian or a Mexican, show, show your it, job offer, show your job offer, and you're good to go not quite as simple as it. I mean, even if you read
1: the USMCA, it looks pretty straightforward. They have a list of occupations on one side, a list of qualifications on the other. Um, you know, most of them involve a bachelor's degree and you think, Hey, great, I've got a bachelor's degree. I can go and work in the U S in this occupation. Um,
0: not so, not so easy. And a job offer, a simple job offer typically doesn't contain the information that is required for an officer reviewing that, whether it's at the consulate, if you're a Mexican citizen or at a port of entry, if you're a Canadian citizen, to be able to review that and determine whether or not you qualify for the TN profession that you're applying under. So when you look at a that it's called the NAFTA professions list because it used to be USMCA before that. But then when you look at the NAFTA professions list, there's 63 professions, right? And on the left side, Is the profession and on the right side are the the requirements in order to work in the United States under that profession. And there's all sorts of professions on there. So you have accountants, you have graphic designers, computer systems analysts, management consultants, uh, animal breeders, interior uh,
1: designers,
0: scientists, professors, seminary teachers. uh, You can go on and on. There's 63 of them. Um, but what, what would you say some of the most common ones we see are?
1: Oh, definitely management consultant is a very common occupation. Um, whether or not they are, they are, are are there's another story, right? Right. Um, Everyone wants
0: to be a management consultant. Why? And this goes back to the list because they look at the list, their profession isn't listed, or they look at the list and they don't the qualifications for the profession or they
1: have a job offer as a manager and they think well manager management consultant that sounds about right so i think that works for me not necessarily eh, true wrong I, that, answer. That's, yeah, time to call your local immigration attorney and get a get some feedback on that because I mean, that happens may or may all not apply. the time yeah
0: people apply under management consultant when they're in fact managers that does not fly. Yeah.
1: Some of the other more popular ones are um, computer systems analyst and software engineer because very popular. Well, when this when this occupation list was created, there wasn't a lot of IT professions out there. Um, this was created way back before we had
0: software know, and computer engineer wasn't even on the list. Exactly, it still isn't on the list. But there's been additional clarification that have has added engineering computer engineering professions under the engineer category that used to only include a civil engineer a mechanical engineer electrical engineer your traditional engineering professions but it's been expanded to include those computer professions too
1: right so a lot of people who are coming would like to come in and work under an i.t profession um, need to fit themselves somehow neatly under one of those two occupations which can be you know a little difficult sometimes because not everybody is a computer systems analyst or a software engineer. So you you may not qualify for a TN in an IT profession if you if you if you don't meet those requirements.
0: Yeah, and the presentation of it too, right? It may qualify but you're presenting it you're not presenting it properly.
1: Right, I had someone who called me they were denied at the border and they had their their job offer with them which called them a computer systems analyst and then in brackets a software engineer well the border officer didn't quite know what to do with that um because that's two separate professions on the list so
0: you can only apply under a one profession yeah so and that better, was denied you need to be specific and you have to apply under a profession on the list you see that all the time they apply for they have some quacky internal job title because they call employers will call anybody what they want to call them It may not match up with the profession that's listed so an officer may have a hard time identifying where does this fall what profession are you actually applying under because this is not a profession under the usmca so that's important too so some other some other very common professions i think we hit it management consultants computer systems analysts computer engineers um engineers in general other mechanical engineers industrial engineers yep Engineering technicians and technologists, mm-hmm. we see a lot of those too, and those ones can be can be rather complicated in order to do properly. If you just show up with a job offer letter with that one, you're in, in a lot of trouble because that actually requires additional documentation that that it doesn't state when you look at the the CBP instructions how to apply for that. Um, and then we just we see other professions, you know, lawyers, accountants, um, you name it. We've probably done it, um, and some of them we do
1: weekly architects
0: architects a lot of professions so if you have a question as to whether or not your professions on the list you simply look up the usmca professions list and you'll be able to see the 63 professions that are listed and then on the right hand side like i mentioned it'll list the the requirements the requirements are vague the requirements only say bachelor's degree licensure degree certificate diploma years of experience other than a hotel manager where it says it has to be a degree in hotel management the rest of the professions don't say what that degree has to be in however it has been interpreted to mean that the degree must be in that occupation so we'll give counting because it's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. if you're going to be working as an accountant you need an accounting degree so when it says bachelor's degree it doesn't mean you can have a bachelor's degree in, in uh, psychology and then come in as an accountant no it has to be a bachelor's degree in accounting or a closely related field and closely related means more than 50 percent of your coursework was in that field so when you apply most of the time it's best Uh, practice to include not only a degree, but also your transcripts, because some degrees don't even list on them what your concentration was. So they'll have to look at your transcripts to see what your concentration was. Or if it is a closely related degree, they're going to they'll do an analysis course by course to make sure that that you meet that closely related. requirement.
1: Right. And some some fields you can have a different bachelor's degree. If, if, for example, you have a master's degree in, in the area that you're applying under, or you have a professional designation in that area you're applying under. So, you know, there are nuances. And
0: still qualify for an account.
1: Right. Yeah. And so there are nuances, you know, it's always best to check with an attorney before you go make this application to make sure you qualify.
0: So when you do qualify or when you, when you determine that you qualify and you're ready to make your application, there are a couple different ways you can apply one and the most common one we see if you're Canadian, a Canadian We'll take that, those application materials straight to a port of entry. And there are 14 designated ports of entry across the border with Canada that are designated ports for applying for TN visas.
1: Right, and that's a, that's a benefit that's only available to Canadians. So if you're a Mexican TN applicant, you can't just apply at the border. Only Canadians are allowed to do that.
0: And a Mexican has to first get approved at the consulate. Once they get their visa and their passport, then they seek entry at a port of entry. So, yes, Canadians have that huge advantage to do that. So, although there are 14 designated ports, you can apply at any port of entry. Not advised. Does it
1: make sense to? Probably not.
0: They're not (laughs) as... They're not... Again, they're not... Designated ports, they don't have designated USMCA officers, and they may not be experienced. So, we see some crazy decisions out there from CBP officers that don't necessarily deal with TNV's applications all the time. So, yeah, it's just choose a, you your know, port wisely.
1: Right. We, you know, consistency is greatly valued in, in decision making in these uh, types of applications. So, we always appreciate those CBP officers that are trained in the USMCA. Um, they know what they're looking at when they see a TN application and they typically make the correct decision.
0: Yes, they are very well versed, especially we deal with Peace Bridge a lot. The officers know what they're doing. They they can identify rather quickly whether or not you meet the qualifications uh, for that NAFTA profession. And like Christine, like you said, 99% of the time they're correct. So they're they're very good at their job and you want one of those officers, frankly. You don't want to go to one that doesn't know that second guesses that has to ask somebody else, that's when you're gonna get into trouble. So going to a port like the Peace Bridge where they know these applications inside and out is to your best interest. They'll catch you if you have the wrong paperwork, but if you legitimately qualify, they'll know too and you'll get your visa and you'll be on your way.
1: Yeah. So there is, you know, some some benefit to going to certain ports of entry to to make this application as opposed to others. There's
0: also the other option. Some people say, I don't want to go to the border and apply and find out my fate right there on the spot. I want to know ahead of time. You can do that. Right. Or, for l-
1: example, they're already working on a TN and they want to extend it or renew it. They may want to apply without having to go back to Canada to, to make the application.
0: So, f- But for new applications, you can do them ahead of time with U.S. Right. citizenship yep. and immigration services. And you can get... You can get pre-approved, and then you take that approval notice to the port of entry after you've been approved by USCIS. So there's those three ways to apply, a consulate, port of entry, and with USCIS. Generally, Mexicans are applying at the consulate, and then generally a Canadian will apply at a port of entry. And there are some instances, like Christine, like you said, where USCIS makes sense. Uh, Maybe it's a complicated profession and you don't want to take put it in the hands of a CBP officer, you want to do it by mail with USCIS, or you're extending, renewing, or changing an employer and don't want to have to trap. In general, when you're presenting yourself or your materials, if you're doing it by mail, for an application for a TN visa, there are four general things that they're going to look for to make a determination as to whether or not you qualify for a TN visa. The first and the easiest is your citizenship. And that sounds easier than easier than it may seem but we get a call a lot of calls from people saying I am a Canadian permanent resident I want to get a TN visa can you get a TN visa as a permanent resident nope you need that Canadian passport in order to do that so they do not qualify or a mexican passport so you have to be Canadian or Mexican and you have to be a citizen and you have to have proof of your actual citizenship before they before you can even attempt to apply for a TN visa so citizenship easiest one check off Once you've determined that you are Canadian (laughs) or Mexican, hopefully you can do that rather quickly. Um, (laughs) Then the second one is you need to have a bona fide job offer from a U.S. entity or a U.S. employer. It has to come from the United States and they have to be seeking your services for you to come in to work for them in the United States. Now, this can be a little tricky. Most of the time, it's a U.S. employer saying, hey, we need... this person to come in as an engineer to work for us in, in the United States. Sometimes it can be a Canadian company, however, that has a contract with a US entity and they need to send one of their engineers to service their contract in the US so that the employer is actually Canadian, but they're servicing a US contract that works as well. Or we see a lot of independent contractors and consultants who wanna get a TNV sec. This happens mostly in the IT industry. Mm-hmm and with with management consultants too where they have their own entity in Canada usually it's a canadian numbered corporation or or maybe they're a sole proprietor and they're running all their contracts through their canadian entity and then servicing their us clients that works as well so you can have a us employer or a us entity that you're servicing the next thing you need is you need to show that this this offer for employment in the United States is under one of the 63 professions in that you qualify. When you're presenting this at a port of entry for example, you have to show up with your original degree. They will not accept a copy of your degree. You have to show up with your original degree and your transcripts to show that you meet those qualifications on the right-hand side of that professions list. Do so you have the associated degree? Do you have the diploma? Do you have the certificate? Years of experience. This is a tricky one. What if you're relying on a diploma plus three years of experience?
1: You need your former employer letters in order to prove that experience. What about my resume? Resumes are self-serving, so they may not consider that to be evidence of your experience.
0: I can say I did whatever I want on a resume, and people often embellish on resumes, and they are not evidence exactly. They're self-serving. You can't point them to your LinkedIn account either or whatever it might be to show your you can't go to a third party source to prove your experience it must come from the direct source so your diploma from the institution that issued the diploma if it's experience it must be from your former employer saying so-and-so worked for me in the capacity of a computer systems analyst from december 1st 2010 to January 1st, 2020, and did these following duties for me on a full-time basis. On their letterhead, signed by them. Proof of experience, that will be accepted. So you need to show you qualify. After you, you've shown that you're Canadian or Mexican, you have this job offer for a profession under the professions list with a US entity or US employer, you've you've presented you that you qualify, and the last thing that's usually an afterthought, and typically doesn't come up unless there's something in your history or something that you say that brings makes it an issue, is you have to show that you're a non-immigrant.
1: Right, that you're intending to come and work temporarily in the United States and return to your home country when your occupation or your job's over. That's, that's what we mean by non-immigrant, meaning you're not planning on applying for permanent residence while you're in
0: the United States. Correct. Because a TN is a non-immigrant visa, which means you need to maintain your ties to your home country and maintain the intent to return when you're done. Uh, can you go from a TN visa to a green card? Absolutely. Yes, you can. It has to be done carefully. You need, you need to do it within the law, but the law does allow a TN visa holder, if done correctly, To transition from a TN visa to a green card, either through marriage to a US citizen or US citizen immediate family member, or through employment as well. And the thing that we run into a lot of we get these questions can I go from a TN visa to a green card? Everyone thinks you have to be on an H1B, which is not true. Even though an H1B has dual intent, which means you can immigrate while on uh, an H1B visa the same process to go from an H1B to a green card is the process that a TN visa TN visa holder uses to go to a green card same exact process there's a little there's a nuance in there that you have to be careful of for non-immigrant intent, but it's the same exact process same exact process for a TN visa holder and an H1B visa holder so in general that That is what the TN visa is. A TN visa is for Canadians and Mexicans that want to work in the United States under one of these 63 professions. And it can be deceiving as to how easy it is to obtain a TN visa. So it's, it's important that you understand what you're doing before you apply at a port of entry.
1: There's one more thing we didn't talk about, you know, who can you work for while you're on a TN? Um, who, who are you allowed to come in and work for? Can you start your own business? Can you get a side hustle? What are you allowed to do?
0: You are not allowed to be self-employed on a TN visa. So you cannot come in the United States and open an entity in the United States and work for yourself. So self-employment is not allowed on a TN visa. And a TN visa is employer-specific. So you're only authorized to work for the employer that is listed on that TN visa. Can you have multiple TN visas? Sure, you can, but you need to get a TN visa for each entity or employer you're servicing. We see this a lot with IT professions oh, yeah, or consultants.
1: consultants. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, contracts in the U.S. They'll need a separate TN for each contract, um, which can be, uh, you know.
0: I've had clients with ten plus TNs in their in their passport at one time, right. which is a lot. Yeah, but you have to. If you're coming down and you're servicing a client, they're paying you to be down here and then you're providing that service, then you need a TN for each of them. And if you change employers, you have to get that approved before you can start working for the new employer. And sometimes, depending on the volume of work, if you're a consultant, the TN visa may be a transition visa to go to another visa, like an E visa, an E1 visa later on. But if you are working in the US, that TN visa is specifically tied to a single employer, and you need one for each employer.
1: Yeah, so as you can see, there's a lot of uh, details and nuances involved with this type of application. Um, you know, it always makes sense to, to consult with an attorney before you make an application. Um, some employers will have their own attorney that they'll work with uh, to, to make an application for you on your behalf, Uh, either, you know, their general counsel, or they may have specific immigration counsel, or they may have a corporate attorney that they consult with on immigration matters. Um, just be careful if that happens. You know, we've seen a lot of denials happen where the attorney that prepared the paperwork for the applicant, um, is, you know, They do, they don't do a great job and it's deficient. And well, they
0: don't work with Canadians and they don't work with the USMCA. So they're not, they're not aware of, um, a lot of the nuances that go along with this. Just this last week, I had somebody who contacted me. they have been using the same attorney for a long time, do a lot of L's and and H1Bs, which are more common and they do TNs with this uh, attorney too, but they sent their employee to a port of entry here in Buffalo, not aware that there's new procedures that you're supposed to schedule an appointment ahead of time when you come to the Port of Buffalo. And this individual also had an immigration history that wasn't vetted properly before they showed up at the the port. And the individual was turned away. They weren't denied, but they were turned away for insufficient documentation and to resolve some, some issues with the application. But the applicant, the individual, the employee, was frustrated as well because they showed up at the port and the officer was like, "What are you doing here?" He said, "Well, I'm applying for a team visa." "You don't have an appointment? Why didn't you schedule an appointment ahead of time?" "Oh, I was never told I was supposed to have a schedule an appointment ahead of time." "Well, yeah, you you do." So, things like that that if you're not practicing on a regular basis, yeah, even you some may not very know. basic
1: things like uh, like scheduling an appointment, can be overseen if, if you're not doing TNs regularly.
0: Or you need Form I-129 at the border, which is a form that's used by mail. They'll send people with that. Or they'll or, say you have to set up a consular appointment first and bring a DS-160. Right. It's, it's always crazy. best
1: to consult with an attorney. even if So even if your employer does have an attorney preparing your paperwork and preparing you for your interview, it may make sense to contact someone who specifically works with TNs on a regular basis just to make sure that everything is good for your application um, and have it vetted beforehand so that you don't have um, a situation where you're denied or refused entry um, complicating matters. And then you wouldn't be able to start your job on time, which can be a hassle.
0: And another thing we see often is we make this process very easy for our clients because we do it all the time. We know what to look for. We know how to prepare people. They get approved or they've been approved before, So they assume I've had a TN visa before. I'm just going to show up at the port of entry and I'm going to get a new one. Not so fast. They will critique, review, and dig into that application just as if you've never had a TN visa ever before. So it's very important that every time you apply, you make sure that documentation is correct.
1: Just the other day, I got a phone call from a gentleman who I had prepared a TN application package for a year ago. Um, It was a one-year approval, and he decided he was going to go back by himself and apply with a new employer now. He got a new job, but he was just going to use all the materials that we prepared for him last time and say the same good things that he had said last time. This gentleman had uh, a salary that was kind of on the lower spectrum for his occupation, Um, and last time when he applied, I specifically told him, you know, you may have to explain this to the officer Um, just be sure to help them understand that you are just fresh out of school. This is your first job. You know, you're taking it for the experience, not for the, for the money. And that, you know, you hope that your salary is going to grow over the year. And then next year, when you come back, you'll be at a higher salary. Well, this new position he took was actually at a lower salary. Um, and when he went back, he tried to say the same thing to the officer. And they said, you said this last time, um, you know, you've got one year of experience behind you. You, This doesn't look like a professional level occupation. Um, and so he was denied for his, his TN and now he can't work for that employer um, unless he can get them to pay him about 10 grand more than, than what they're offering him. So he's got to look for a new occupation. He's stuck in Canada right now and his things are all stuck in North Carolina and he can't get down there to get them until he gets a properly prepared application package and an employer that's willing to pay him at the proper rate. So it just doesn't make sense to think that you're going to be able to apply again with the same materials or the same advice you had last time. A lot of times you can shoot yourself in the foot by doing that.
0: Yeah. And it's a simple conversation with us most of the time to determine whether or not you qualify and have the correct materials. Um, and it's best to, to again, work with somebody who's experienced with USMCA, the experience with TN visas and can give you proper advice when you, when you're applying for a TN visa. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the ARRIVE podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and join us next time as we continue to discuss U.S. immigration law topics. Thank you for listening and have a great day.